Today, we're having an incredibly important conversation around how to be a genuine ally and advocate for people of color. We go deep on the topic of calling in versus calling out and the place for both. We talk about the desire to have a business that is culturally diverse and inclusive, plus how you can get started if that feels incredibly overwhelming. We work through the fears that may come up around saying the wrong thing, being misunderstood, or being afraid of what your friends and family might say. If you're looking to educate yourself around how to build a business that is culturally and racially diverse, inclusive, and equitable, this conversation is an absolute must listen that is going to help you navigate this journey and create a business that truly aligns with your values. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Annie Gashuru. Annie is the founder of Uplifting Studios, a platform dedicated to supporting online business owners to build culturally and racially diverse, inclusive, and equitable businesses. Annie is also the diversity, equity, and inclusion coach and consultant for the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she supports trainees and coaches. Annie is deeply passionate about representation through a racial justice lens and is an internationally certified life coach supporting migrant women of color. Annie, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I am so excited for this conversation. So before we dive in here, can you just tell me, I read your bio, but would love to just hear in your own words a little bit Mm -hmm. about what it is that you do and why you do it. Mm. So as you mentioned, I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion coach and consultant for online business owners such as yourself. And um, really, it is working with them and supporting them to build a business that is more inclusive, more inclusive specifically to uh, people of color. I think we've seen that uh, that is an underrepresented group uh, of people uh, when it comes to accessing services, when it comes to opportunities. And so this is an area where a lot of uh, coaches, creatives, um, consultants are looking to attract and work with more people of color, but they just don't know how to do that. And so myself as a coach, um, that is what I do and that is how I I support them to be more diverse, uh, inclusive, but also equitable. And I think um, equity is one of the things that um, a key thing that lacks when it comes to doing business and doing it in an equitable way where people are able to be served according to their individual needs, just because our needs are different. And and so equity plays a, a huge role in that Awesome. So how did you get started 
doing this work? Like, what did your path (laughs) look like? And how did you decide that this was the thing that you felt called to do? Right. So my background is actually in human resource management. So um, that's uh, what I was doing before I started my business. So in HR, based in Australia, so um, had worked for over 15 years in, in corporate HR. Uh, but I I always felt like there was more to it. There was more to life. Um, we did have, you know, we called them back then D&I, just diversity and inclusion uh, projects. Um, and, and I felt very drawn to that because I, I would be one of the only uh, black people in the organizations that I worked for. And so there was, you know, a lot of underrepresentation and, um, you know, we, we could have done better. And so being involved in those projects uh, really opened up my eyes to wanting to do this work more. And then becoming a mom really changed my priorities and mm. made me feel like, well, this is work that I want to do um, a lot more just because I know how it affects me personally. And I want to be able to, you know, make a difference in the lives of my children and in future generations. And as a migrant myself, having come to Australia as an international student, from Kenya, I really did see that gap and that need. And so got into uh, coaching really rather by accident. You know, I was having dinner with a a good friend uh, of mine who um, was part of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. And she said, you know what, Annie, you should come. You should train to be a coach. I think you have what it takes. And I think it, it might be something that you enjoy. And so I did that, um, not knowing where that would lead me. And then um, initially when I started, I was purely just serving migrant women of color, you know, as a career and mindset coach using my HR background to, you know, help them uh, live lives that are more fulfilled and that they could thrive and, you know, climb that corporate ladder. But um, I really did see the gap in our own coaching industry where we were not seeing that representation and that service, you know, serving people of color. And I think the catalyst really was the horrific murder of George Floyd. And that's when I felt, you know what, I can't be silent anymore. I need to use the gifts that I have, um, whatever I have with me to raise that awareness and to, you know, have an influence in my, you know, in my spheres and in my circles as far as racial equity goes. And so it really started off by creating um, a course called Represented, which I piloted and received incredibly well. And we've gone on to do a first public round, which again has been received really well. And, um, you know, I think my method of, of teaching and educating is very much from a calling in rather than a calling out. And obviously, Australia is, is quite different from the United States. And so how we take on things to do with racial issues is quite different. And so I think my methods are really resonating with the business owners who are coming on board. Mm, OK, I am so excited to hear more about this because I think that just that different perspective that you mentioned is Mm -hmm. so, so helpful here because I think that a lot of times what happens, even when we start talking about a topic as big as this one, 
I think so often there are fears that come to the surface around just saying the wrong thing or like causing people harm or just, yeah, I guess what you mentioned, like just being called out for like Mm -hmm. doing something wrong, even unknowingly or, you know, not, not maliciously on purpose, just like for lack of knowledge. Yes. So I think that the perspective you framed that as in calling in versus calling out is just like such a more approachable lens, I think. Mm. And I Mm. think that's really helpful. So can you talk more about what that means to you and some of those differences too that you mentioned between the U.S. and Australia and just what you see really being um, mm-hmm. the differences there? I'm so That piqued my interest so much and I'm so curious to hear more there. Sure. So let's start with the differences between Australia and the U.S. Um, obviously, where you're at, the United States, you know, race has always been an issue. You know, it's it's been there. It's and it's not so much the elephant in the room. It has been named. You know, we it is known. It exists, and there are a lot of you know DEI educators there. And um, you know, uh, with the murder of George Floyd, it really that racial inequity, that racism, really came to the fore, and awareness was really, really um, became heightened more than ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with America, we know it exists, it is there and it is known. But with Australia, the the marked difference, may I say, is that um, whilst racism does exist here, it is very covert. It's not something that's in your face. It would take you a while to actually realize that, um, you know, that's something that has been done that is, you know, discriminating against you. It's not in your face. It's very subtle. And it would take a bit of time for you to realize that it has actually happened. And that's the marked difference. And, you know, for us here in Australia, things to do with race are really uncomfortable. It's, it is indeed the elephant in the room that is not spoken about. Um, and it was only really Um, you know, mid last year with all the protests and the awareness that was happening around racial equity, that we began talking about racism and calling it as it was, and openly having these discussions, um, you know, between, um, you know, those who are um, uh, non-black or people of color, because before for us, as people of color, we would talk about it behind closed doors. But now it was a conversation that was beginning to take place in the workplace. It was beginning to take place in the community openly. And people were ready to, to hear and discuss. That's the really the marked difference. And so when it comes to, you know, calling in versus calling out, um, just to be clear, you know, calling out, there is a place for calling out. Uh, There are people who do need to be called out and to be held to account. Absolutely. But I don't think calling out is the only way to do it. And I don't personally think that calling out is sustainable because a lot of the times with calling out, it actually uh, shames somebody. And when you are shamed, you are unable to take accountability you know, you become defensive and you sort of double down on what you've done. And and it comes from a place of shame. But when you call in and calling in is doing it with compassion and really, you know, saying, you know, when you did 
this and the other. This is how it made me feel. Or these are the effects. Or this is what it could potentially do. And are you aware of that? So it's really just opening up a conversation, but doing it with compassion that really allows a person to, you know, take a, a step back and reflect and potentially take responsibility for their actions. Interesting. So how do you, goodness, this is probably a loaded question mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's probably no straight answer to, but I, I'm wondering when you're offering that compassion for that calling in approach, like, can you give us an example? I think sometimes people do really well with examples of like how that could be applied rather than feeling like right now, I think it feels like a little bit of a more abstract concept. Does that make sense? Mm, In terms of calling in? Yes. A lot of us know what calling out looks like. Mm, (laughs) And I think mm. that like, as far as the shift to calling in, like, what does that look like to you? I guess is my question. Mm, Calling in is really, for example, you've decided to speak up about something, uh, but maybe the language that you use or some of the terms that you use are either outdated or they are harmful, derogatory, and it's calling that person in and saying, hey, you've used this term. Um, This term is actually not um, the correct term to use because of such and such. And the person can decide to go like, oh, thank you. I didn't realize that was the case. Um, I will change that. And, you know, I will not use that kind of language moving forward. Thank you for, you know, calling me in on that. But calling out is, you know, going like, how dare you use this kind of language? You should know better. This is so harmful. What you have done is really wrong. And you should know better. Shame on you. That is, you know, calling out in a way that really causes a person to either become defensive or never speak up again about something that they could potentially be an ally to or an advocate to. But in saying that as well, I will say that there are people who are beyond being called in, you know, that they are going to make uh, remarks that are highly derogatory and they're doing that intentionally that's where calling in doesn't work and calling out Mm. when a lot of people say that is wrong you ought to know better um do better uh yeah that that that's where you see that play so there are those who you can actually call in and there are those who are a little bit beyond and need to be called out. So there is a place for calling out. Mm, Okay. Interesting. So can you talk to me a little bit about how to be that genuine ally that you mentioned and like, what Mm. are some things that we can start doing? What does that look like? So being a genuine ally really first and foremost means standing in solidarity with um, people of color and realizing that, just due to the fact that um, they are a different skin color, they do receive a lot of um, barriers and challenges and um, discrimination. And so it is acknowledging that, you know, as, as a white person and saying, I am ready to stand in solidarity. And that means, you know, speaking up when you see uh, those kinds of uh, racial injustice happening 
And uh, it really begins from a place of educating yourself, Amanda, because a lot of the times we've spoken about fear, haven't we? How fear is, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't even know what to say. This is so uncomfortable. I know it's wrong. I know I should be speaking up, but I really Mm -hmm. can't because I don't know if I speak up what's going to happen. But the best way to equip yourself as a genuine ally is to begin to educate yourself. Because once you begin to learn what those barriers are, what those challenges are, how, um, you know, how these instances of, you know, being uh, discriminated against come up, then you're in a position to speak up and you're speaking up from a position of being informed. You're not doing it out of fear of saying the wrong thing. You're doing it because I've been reading, I've been doing my research. I have invested in, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So I'm standing in some truth. You know, this is not work that is foreign to me. This is work that I am beginning to understand. And so I can begin to speak to that understanding and use my voice positively. So when it comes to allyship, it really needs to begin from educating yourself. That's the very first step. And then there are several other steps that go on from there, you know, such as having conversations, because conversations are really powerful when you see something, particularly in the news, um, and being able to have those conversations with loved ones, with with close friends, you know, those conversations that happen at the dinner table where people are, you know, putting their views out and saying, this is how I feel about this. And you're discussing, you're having a, a, a good discussion about what's going on. And really potentially influencing each other with our views. And when you come from a place of being educated, when you come from a place of being informed, you're in a better place to have a greater sense or even a greater ability to influence your sphere um, or your circles of influence. I love how you talk about this because I think that that feels so much more manageable. I think that sometimes this feels like such a big topic and it feels like there's so much there that it can be hard Mm -hmm. to even like know what to do. And I think that breaking it down the way that you mentioned there, where just like simply starting with those conversations and starting with, you mentioned the news being like almost like an easy access to bringing that up and an easy place to start. I think it's just really helpful because I think that a lot of times the intention is there, the willingness and the wanting to help to contribute, to do better, all of that. But it, it can just be so overwhelming to know where where to get started and where to dive in. So I just love like how approachable that is and how that's really something that like, I mean, all of us do anyway, right? Like most of us don't eat dinner alone. So I think that's, that's just like so helpful. So I know a lot of the work that you do has to do with business owners specifically. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear a little bit about how this work can be so helpful in our business and how we can really start using this work in our business as well. Mm, Absolutely. So when it comes to your business, first and foremost, when it comes to educating yourself, it needs to start from a personal level. So before you can even get into your business and begin to have a look at 
what are the things that I need to start doing differently to address this inequity? It really needs to start from a personal perspective, you know, educating yourself, as I said earlier, because a lot of times the values that we have within our business stem from the person that we are. You know, if our values are to do with integrity, uh, you know, that stems from the person that you are. And so it really needs to begin from that personal perspective of educating yourself, doing what I love to call a personal audit of where are you at on this journey? What are the things that you need to begin to unpack? Things such as, you know, the biases, the belief systems that you have, the stereotypes or the prejudices that you have just kind of grown into. And it all has to do with your upbringing, nothing to do with your fault, but just how you were brought up, the school you went to, the neighborhood you grew up in. And those are the things that just exposed you and made you into the person that you are today. And it, so it's taking that audit and really uh, beginning to identify the areas that have been shaped by perhaps a narrative that hasn't been a balanced narrative, that hasn't been a complete truth. And so it begins from there. And then we do uh, something that is called a business audit, you know, looking at your business and seeing where am I at now? Do I have a DEI statement, which is, you know, a diversity, equity and inclusion statement that stipulates that I work with all people, that I particularly support, you know, uh, racial justice. It's something that is important to me. And I want to amplify voices of people of color. You know, statements like that, that when somebody of color reads that, they're able to take a step closer to you, Amanda, because they can see that this work is important to you and that you understand, indeed, there is an inequity there. And uh, it's, it's taking it uh, a step further and looking at the language that you have on your website, on your public profiles, on your social media. Is there anything to indicate that um, you are inclusive? Is there anything to indicate that perhaps you would want to work with somebody like me? You know, then it goes further into things like imagery. Is there anything that makes me feel included in this um, your feed and your narrative and whatever it is that you are offering and supporting am I seeing myself can I picture myself here and so it, it really begins from that education piece that's a really first piece because what I see a lot of business owners doing Amanda and what happened at the height of um, you know the Black Lives Matter movement last year and the protests where people were like I want to do more with my business so I'm going to make it accessible I'm going to uh, put together a scholarship program so that people of color can have access to my services and you know that that's great that you can be able to put a scholarship program but are you doing it from a place of uh, being informed because sometimes this can actually be more harmful than helpful because if you don't have a scholarship program that has been put together in a way that will be safe for the people who are coming in, in a way that will be a successful scholarship program for the recipients and not something where you're just ticking a box and going like, hey, we've got a scholarship program, we're inclusive. There's so much more that goes into that to make it a really safe and successful program. And th these are some of the things that I'm able to talk to, you know, online business owners about. Yeah, totally. So I think you mentioned that you have a course, correct me if I'm wrong. Can you yes. talk to us a little bit about your course mm -hmm. and kind of how you work with people to really 
infuse this work into their business? Yes. So I have a course called Represented and it's a 10 week program that is just a a powerful, um, it's just a powerful connecting group where the, the, the predominantly women, actually it's only been women who have been part of that group um, because those are the people that I support. It's been a, a really brave space to step into and a safe space to step into who are like-minded and they want to do this work. And so it really is what I'd love to call a transformational journey because you go in with certain belief systems and you come out on the other end with eyes wide open and a desire to implement and do better. And so it's a course that really walks you through, you know, what DEI is, really defining that, um, getting into issues uh, such as racism, defining what that is, and what the cost of racism is, not just to uh, people of color, but to white folks as well. How is this costing them? And really just digging deeper into that. And then, you know, going obviously into the personal and the business audit and then getting into a big module, which is all about how can you then be inclusive? How can you put this into practice? How can you implement this? And then finishes off with, you know, true and genuine advocacy and allyship, how that looks like and how to continue to do the work beyond, you know, the course, because the course is just for 10 weeks. But how do you continue to show up in and out of season and not just, you know, uh, performatively when something has happened and posting a black square, perhaps, you know, going beyond that and being that genuine and true ally? I think that the work that you do is incredible. And I'm just like in awe of the way that you talk about your work, because I think you are a very approachable person. And I think you talk about this in a way that that feels very approachable. And I think that that is just so helpful. So I, I can see, I have no doubt that so many people <laughs> will benefit from that course and benefit from this work. And I'm just so appreciative of everything that you have shared with us. So who would you say is the person that Mm -hmm. would really enjoy this course that really is like, this is the thing that I need to do. Absolutely. What does that person look like? That person is a business owner, potentially a female, a woman, um, is a coach, is a creative, is a consultant who has an online business and is probably white as well. I do have uh, amazing women of color who are part of this round and incredibly growing as well. But I would say it's predominantly for, you know, those who identify as non-Black, Indigenous and people of color and have an online business and are committed to um, racial equity, committed to having that representation in their business and they want to do better, but they want to do it in a way that calls them in, in a way that uh, suits the kind of person that they are. They want to perhaps learn in a a more gentle um, and a way that uh, in a group of women who are like-minded. So what would you say if, if someone was coming to this work and they're like, I'm not sure that I'm ready for this or I'm not sure my business is ready to take Mm -hmm. this next step? 
Absolutely. What I pride myself is being able to have those candid conversations where if you're not ready, then I don't encourage you to take this step. You know, start by mm. reading books in this topic. And there's so many, as you know, Amanda, you know, start by listening to a podcast like this. Um, start by watching um, movies with these themes. Uh, there's a lot out there, but start by dipping your toe into this conversation in through a format that you consume and begin to understand, begin to open up yourself to this conversation. That's the first place because there's no point in you coming into such a structured program where people are committed to doing better. They're ready to get uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable in that container. They're ready to be stretched, but they understand it's necessary because for a lot of them, if not all of them, they say it stops with them. This kind of, you know, injustice that's been going on, this kind of, um, you know, lack of uh, equity uh, from a racial perspective, it stops with them and within their spheres. So these are women who are ready to step it up. So if you're not and you feel like, I'm not sure, start with what you consume and consume it in a way that um, allows you to perhaps dip your toe. Mm, I love that answer so much. Um, so can you tell us, I think you mentioned that you had a free guide that you were sharing with mm -hmm. us. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, absolutely. So my, uh, it's a free PDF guide and it's 10 steps to becoming a genuine ally and advocate for people of color. And it does talk about some of the things I've mentioned here, such as educating yourself and it gives you uh, recommendations, some amazing books that you can access and start reading today, um, having conversations and how to go about having those conversations. And then just walks you through, you know, 10 steps really that you can actively begin to take today. Beautiful. Annie, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. My handle is Uplifting Studios TV. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And I'm just so grateful to you. Absolute pleasure, Amanda. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business, and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, Sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift.